Hey guys, as we kick this episode off, I thought I would let you know that there is something a little different in this episode, and that is there are two very small little ad breaks. We've got all kinds of great new content coming your way, and this is just part of what we're doing to pay the bills. So with that in mind, let's kick off this incredible episode with the amazing DK Cena. My style has always been that you have to look at everybody, give them opportunity to scale up. The biggest disruption or distraction we had at Cognizant was in 2019, because of CEO transition, literally everybody left at the leadership level. And I had to rebuild the whole team. A large part of the team was from within the organization and we had to hire people from outside. And all these folks who hadn't had that big a role, they so pleasantly surprised me by stepping up and doing an amazing job. So I always believe that you have to give chance to the team you're inheriting. And then if you have still have gaps, you go and get people from outside. Well, welcome back to another episode of Cloud Talk. My name is Jeff Diverter, and thank you so much for being a loyal subscriber. We couldn't do it without you guys. Now, today we have DK Cena on the show, and DK, well, he is the president of Public Cloud here at Rackspace Technology. Now, I've invited DK onto the show as I've really grown to admire his leadership style, and I think you will as well, and you're going to hear it expressed in our conversation today. Now, stick around until the end, two things to update you on the first, well, I've got info about our next episode. And second, for the geeks in the audience, I've got some new tools that I'm using to create this podcast. In fact, I was doing a lot of the editing from 37,000 feet yesterday on my flight back from Vegas from Dell Technologies World. But you stick around, I'll tell you all about it. All right, now on with the show. The line between application and infrastructure is virtually invisible in these modern apps. The kind of thing that a global computing fabric with immense resilience and scale can deliver without even breaking a sweat. That's really what the promise of the cloud's always been. It's all focused on the business objectives. That's where we craft the plan. In the tech world, we like to celebrate the lone genius, but I'm just going to tell you right now, they're just the convenient face as founders to focus on. Welcome to Cloud Talk. Here's your host, Jeff Deverter. Diki, thank you so much for being a part of the program today. Um, why don't you start by telling us, you know, what you do here at Rackspace? What's your role? Great. First of all, Jeff, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to, to have a good conversation with you. Um, I joined Rackspace uh, middle of last year as president of Public Cloud Business. Um, as you may know, we've had a few reorganization. So I ended up running for last year, I ended up running uh, the America's business while uh, still building the public cloud business. Really excited to be here. Lots going on and looking forward to sharing some of that with you. That's great. Yeah, excited to, to pick apart, you know, what attracted you in into, to, well, to stay working for one thing. We'll get into that in a little bit because uh, you've, you've been at it for a little while, just to, to, to be as, as kind as possible. And um uh, but but yet here you are back back in the throes of it in in what Rackspace terms its turnaround its big turnaround and uh, and it's an exciting time to be here. But what what attracted you about about re, about joining up at Rackspace? Sure, and I'm going to touch upon my my uh, previous professional experience with Cognizant. But when I decided to take a break from Cognizant after almost 24 25 years. I actually wanted to think about venturing into a public cloud business uh, because that was very, very attractive to me. 
Um, and uh, as I was looking at multiple options, I happened to meet uh, uh, some board members of Rackspace, including Amar and others. And when they explained the strategy of Rackspace and the transformation that uh, that they are going to go through, that was the biggest draw for me. You know, mm-hmm. we are a very reputed name in private cloud uh, business. Um, we had, I heard a great strategy around public cloud, which is shifting away from infra resale to be more solutions and offerings uh, led kind of uh, uh, organization. And if you put these two together, Rackspace potentially could be one of very few global, large, multi-cloud organization, right? Yeah. And I come from the services world. So when I heard that the focus for public cloud business is to build services organization, that was a big, big draw for us. So, you know, the, the positioning of Rackspace is extremely uh, unique. Uh, there are no one-to-one competitor for us. And for right. public cloud, all we need to do is to really build strong services-led, go-to-market, and solutions. So that was the biggest draw for me. That was what pulled you, and that's really interesting. It's interesting that, you know, there's there's so much talk, and there has been for, what are we now, 2023 when we're recording this. But, you know, we're, what, five, six, seven, eight years into this push into, uh, into usal- utilizing public cloud. And in those early years of it, you know, there was that that mantra of, you know, uh, uh, public cloud for everything, everything for public cloud. And so everything really just snowballed out into there. And there seems to be this settling that's going on right now. Um, some stuff is leaking back into private clouds. You know, SaaS is taking some of those workloads. And it seems like there's this great equaliz- equalization that's going on right now in enterprise as they really evaluate you know, one is the technology the right uh, fit. Is the is the workload the right fit? And uh, and so that's one of the things I think that that what you're building inside of Rackspace from a services point of view is helping companies make those decisions that those workloads that that really are best for public cloud end up and thrive inside of that public cloud. Exactly, and you know, initially there was. At least in a, a certain set of organization, there was a mad rush to go to public cloud. Uh, and basically, a lot of clients took their data centers onto public cloud, which is not the best use of public cloud. And, and the, the one positive outcome of this uh, uh, economic downturn or headwind or recession is that everybody is looking at the cost element of movement to public cloud. And they have realized that what they need to do is to evaluate the workload that's best suited for public and best suited for private. And that's where we bring the value. And when we interact with our clients, we are not looking at which cloud to go to. We are looking at the the profile and the characteristics of uh, the workload before recommending which way to go. And by the way, either way, it stays in Rackspace family, whether you go public cloud or private cloud. So we are, again, as I said, in a great competitive position right now. Well, one of my favorite products that 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 is here that I got the chance to help with over the years is is the Rackspace Fabric, which is ideally is what's happening is pulling that ex, that experience, whether it's public or private, into a cohesive experience from a support point of view or even from an operations point of view. Absolutely. Well, well, obviously, and, and you've mentioned this already. This isn't your first go round. You know, where did where did you come from? You came to us from well, Cognizant. You spent you spent just a few years there, growing a business unit from relatively small to extraordinarily large. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, let me touch upon, uh, I've had three <laughs> jobs before Rackspace. I, after my business school, I joined a company in India called CMC Limited. 
very unique company. They did everything related to computers, hardware, software. Mm-hmm. They even built um, you know, facilities to host computers back then. If you remember, it needed cooling and heating and all that stuff. So yeah. uh, amazing experience of learning everything related to computer. I was there for about seven, eight years. I wanted to focus on software and consulting. So I switched to another great company called Data Consultancy Services, uh, was there for about three years or so. And that's when I was approached by the then CEO of uh, a little to unknown company called DBSS, which eventually became Cognizant. Less than 25 million in revenue. And all they did was Y2K remediation. It was easy money, paid the bill. All you needed to do was stand next to the fax machine. Of course, you don't have fax machine these days. Uh, But had a very good strategy on how do we start a business, pay our bills using uh, uh, an issue which is a a technology issue and can be a a game changer if not fixed to move upwards and sideways and and do uh, services related to uh, any application of development or maintenance and so on and so forth. So though I was working for a very large company, looked at Cognizant and I thought it's, it's nobody knows about this company and all they do is Y2K. What I liked about Cognizant, the same situation as Rackspace, was their vision, yeah. their strategy saying, if we do Y2K remediation, we understand the application and the code well. And then why don't we go and tell our clients, can we maintain this for you or can we build applications around it? And I, you know, the, the CEO and myself, we, we went back and forth for almost a year. And then after a year, I was fairly convinced that this is the right place for me. So from a very large reputed company, I joined a company which was not known at all, except the parent company was done in Bradstreet. Uh, and rest is history. You know, we when I joined, uh, as I've said this many, many times before, we were less than 25 million in revenue, about 1,000 people. When I left last year or year before last, I was personally managing $14.5 billion of revenue. Wow. And total revenue for the company was about $16.5 billion, over 300,000 employees across the globe. Uh, so just an amazing experience. And I will tell you that, uh, you know, while Cognizant is known for an amazing growth and from nowhere became a Fortune 200 company pretty quickly and growth and IPO and all that stuff, the, the 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 strategy for us was very very simple right do everything that can get you to growth and hyper growth as long as you don't lose sight of growth everything is going to fall in place people technology and i will tell you that growth is an acquired taste not everybody loves to grow very fast because it comes with all there's sorts a lot of, of challenges areas. that come with that and uh, but you know we we had an amazing team uh, that saw this growth to during good times, and we've had our own sets of challenges, a pretty, you know, some of them industry-led, just a S-curve transition, some of them just are internal uh, issues and so on and so forth. But again, as a team, we never lost sight of growth and navigated through both technology S-curves as well as industry and business and our internal challenges and so on and so forth. So, amazing run. You know, someday when I truly retire, I'd love to write a book. I'm sure many would be. Uh, but great experience, a lot of good learnings. That's incredible. And you keep using the and giving credit to the to the team. 
you know, with somebody who, you know, ended up running a book of business the size of yours, I imagine you built a relatively sizable team to be able to do that. When you think about assembling folks, and some, sometimes you inherit people, sometimes you get to choose who you bring together. What are some of the characteristics that you look for in individuals to come and be a part of a mission, like like a, a fast growth, like what you had at Cognizant, or this turnaround mission that you're you're on right now? Um, so maybe personality traits. Obviously, they need to be smart. They need to have their you know, they need to be able to do the job, but how do you build a successful team? Sure. Given that the people you're hiring in whichever function, they are qualified, assume that's given. There are a few things that and I learned it from my previous boss as well is, you know, what's the profile of your company? How do you look at this company? I look at any company, even Rackspace, uh, that we need to get back to growth. We need to deliver growth and value for all our stakeholders, starting from 7,000 Rackers to investors, to board, and everybody else, right? This is my personal uh, preference, right? Uh, Others may agree or not agree. First, I look for like-minded people. Are these people the ones who will really be excited with growth, number one? Number two, are they capable of living with a bit of ambiguity? Because when you're growing, you will not have all the answers. There'll be some uncertain stuff. There are some people who thrive in those kind of things. There are some people who get lost. So that's another thing. And I've seen this multiple times. People who can handle disruption effectively, not panic. Uh, you know, things are not going to be good all the time, right? I'm now right. seeing some very, very significant disruption in my professional career. And what helped us navigate through it was not losing the big picture, right? And use every crisis I won't repeat Churchill's word, but, you know, not use the, the, the crisis to get out of the other, on the other side a lot stronger and, and smarter. So people who are growth-oriented, people who are team player, people who can live with a bit of ambiguity, and, you know, together we can pull it through. A- any situation, I have no doubt in my mind, and I can cite multiple examples. So those are the things that I, that I look for. And actually, when Amar and I uh, talk about individuals and, you know, people we hire. We always look for people who are like-minded. Can they, can, are they, do they get excited when they hear transformation, like what we are going through right now? Right. Yeah. Those are some of the things I look for as I build my team. This episode of Cloud Talk is sponsored by Cisco App Dynamics. Technical environments are getting more complex, and Cisco App Dynamics is helping to cut through the noise. Their full stack observability solutions help make every tech decision a business decision and keep everyone all on the same page. App Dynamics software enables deeper understanding of both user and application behavior so that your teams can see share, and take action all in real time. Just go to appdynamics.com to learn more, schedule a live demo, or even start a 15-day free trial to see the difference for yourself that Cisco App Dynamics can make in your mission-critical applications. All right, with that, let's get back to the program. That's really interesting because, like you said, sometimes sometimes the market doesn't behave like you planned. You know, there are downturns where we're experiencing one now. Sometimes the plan doesn't go as planned and things, you know, they, they could be challenging at, at points. And uh, so and also I love the thought of choosing people to work with who are like minded, because the reality is in good times and in bad, 
you're going to spend an awful lot of uh, amount of time with these people and you better you better like them yeah and uh, the one more thing i would say and, and you may have seen this at track space as well you know you you when i started at cognizant i had the privilege of building my own team i handpicked everybody but as i grew in the company and took on more responsibility i inherited a lot of people too yeah and my style has always been that you have to look at everybody give them opportunity to scale up you'd yeah. be surprised the, the biggest disruption or distraction we had at cognizant was in 2019 when this because of ceo transition literally everybody left at the leadership oh. level and i had to rebuild the whole team and a large part of the team was from within the organization and we had to hire few from outside and all these uh, folks who hadn't had that bigger role they so pleasantly surprised me by stepping up and doing an amazing job so i always believe that you have to give chance to the team you're inheriting and then if you have still have gaps you go and get people from outside it's from outside as you grow and this is something that i always remind myself none of us at cognizant had seen a company grow like this so at every stage of our evolution we always look for people who can come from outside and tell us you know how do you go through this right so even at cognizant the management team was evenly split between people like myself who literally were there from day one and people who came and joined the journey along the way i absolutely believe that that's that should be the the philosophy as you build your team yeah and when you think about about building a team and in your your progression at cognizant I mean, you started with nothing you built your own team and you grew it up from there now that's very different from from what happened as you came over to Rackspace where you you inherited a whole lot of people and in some cases some of those folks having multi-decade experiences here at Rackspace probably not multi-decade but at least a decade and a half i know of a few people on your team who've got some decent tenure and they've seen a lot of leaders they have seen a lot of attempts and they have opinions about you know what worked in the past or maybe their favorite leader but what are some strategies for capturing hearts and minds around a new vision a vision of you know where where rackspace is today and where we want to see ourselves in the next several years you know you, you've got some people who may have some thoughts of hey i don't know if we're doing it the right way how do you pull them in sure that is a great question uh, jeff let me tell you the first of all you have to have a really clear executable strategy that is bought in by yeah. everybody right i can't build a, a strategy in isolation in an ivory tower i was fortunate enough to have joined rackspace when we were just going through this strategy formulation yeah. right the next thing i i personally and every amar and brian everybody will do the same thing is to make sure that once you have your leadership team in place that you internalize this and align everybody on where we are heading right there are people who may not be aligned and and that's totally fine you know they may decide to do something else uh but my job was to make sure that my entire leadership team is absolutely aligned get their input refine the strategy but once you are aligned and you have defined what the goals and success looks like because you have to let the team know that if you were to do this this is where we will be 6 months or year from now right right Once that is done it's all about execution 
Mm-hmm. Let's not second guess each other. Let's just be committed and move fast. And you have to have, and I've said this in open book and many other forum, you ha- when you're going through a transformation like this, there has to be a sense of urgency. Yeah. And I've said this many, many times. We have an infinite market ahead of us, mm. but we do not have infinite time to capture unfair That's a great share. way to put that. So, you know, you can sit here and say, three years from now, we'll do this and five this. That's not in my vocabulary. Uh, we got to do it now. And, and the other thing is, and this is, again, the great learning from Cognizant, we never penalized anybody for making a mistake. Mm. Nobody wants to hurt the company. Of course, if you keep making the same mistakes, it's different. <laughs> there might be a conversation. Yeah. But, but, you know, and that's how you grow leaders, right? That's how you encourage people to take, take more responsibility, take action, rather than, you know, just waiting for somebody to tell them what to do. So I, I think at Brackspace, because I, was, I joined when the strategy was being formalized, I had the luxury of internalizing it myself with my team. And today... We, are, we all know where we are heading, right? I mean, we'll have a few failures. You know, if you have to fail, fail fast and move on rather than dragging it. So I, I, I feel very comfortable that at least in, and I'm sure Brian will feel the same way, that at least over the last six months or so, we've been able to build a like-minded team. Right. Understands the strategy. They know what good looks like. And this is what we need to do. And, and you know, what made... Our job's a little challenging is the, the macroeconomic situation. But hey, listen, I mean, you know, you, that's something that it's, market is never constant, right? It keeps right, changing. Right, right. If it's not this issue, it would be yes, another one. So exactly. Just, exactly. just have a plan in place. So I want to unpack something that you said. You mentioned that, uh, that we live in, a, in an environment right now that has an infinite market opportunity, but we don't have infinite time. But let's, let's hover for a second on infinite market opportunity. What does that mean? You and I live this environment every single day, so we get it. But for the listener, in our space, why is there unlimited potential for a company like ours? Let me talk about public cloud first and then the overall opportunity. So if you just add three hyperscalers, you are looking at about 150 billion of business, right? If you ask any hyperscaler, there is at least six, six and a half dollars attached to every dollar of consumption. Yeah. So that's over, that's about a trillion dollar business, right? One trillion dollars. Wow. Much bigger than any S-curve opportunity we've had in past, including I'm not too sure, but even Y2K for that matter, right? And there is a sense of urgency amongst our clients that they need to move the right right workload to public cloud. If you add up revenue of all the services providers, it won't add up to the the, the opportunity that is ahead of us, right? The key here is how do you define your swim lane and focus on areas that you're good at and go absolutely hard and 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 do not second guess your decision that's the reason why if you look at us as compared to a global si who can do anything like in my past job yeah. if i walked into a client i will sell something bpo to there's digital something to, there's something and in the bag exactly but for us the, the advantage is we are very focused and very deep in four areas application data infrastructure services yeah. That specialization differentiates us from the rest of the pack. So we are saying these are the four things we'll do and, and adjacent areas so that you know we you know we can help our clients solve a business problem. So if you look at that space, 
great focus. Market is not a problem. For us, we just need to execute. Right. We need to have a set of solutions and offerings that we can take to the client. We need to have an absolutely killer go-to-market team that can help our clients solve the problem. Right. And uh, as a company and, and as, a, as a business unit, our, our strategy is that sooner than later, we will start to think along vertical lines so that we are truly solving vertical problem for an insurance you know, claims processing head or, or healthcare claims adjudication and so on and so forth. So that's why I say market is huge. Even if you discount 50% of the market, right. saying it's irrelevant to you, it's still a lot of business. Even, even if you're wrong by 100%, there's still an amazing right. opportunity there. Right. And I, I've been sitting here, as you mentioned those numbers, I've been trying to think about another market at any time in history that had this this amount of opportunity. And right. I think your number of $6.5 per, of services per infrastructure is among the more conservative that I've heard. I've heard the number as high as nine or ten dollars. So you're you're already discounting a little. And and also remember, uh, when I started my career, we used to have mainframe, and we were told mainframe is going to go away. Mainframe still exists. A lot. It's exactly well. the same thing with private cloud, right? There's a lot of noise around private cloud. It's a declining market. It's not declining, and if you can differentiate yourself. And that's what Brian and team are doing so well, coming up with new products, new, new offerings. You can actually grow in this business. Yeah. But what is more important is, and this was, as I said, this was the biggest draw for me to come and join Rackspace was, if it comes to cloud, if I go to a client, I will sell something. Yeah. I, you know, the insurance guys, insurance clients want to have, uh, you know, highly regulated section of the, the workload on the public, the private cloud. We have offering for that. And then, you know, you take e-commerce onto public cloud. That's fine. We have that too. So great position to be in. Really great position to be in. All right. Hold on. Let's take a quick break from the program. You see, if you've been keeping up with the news this year, well, you've probably heard everyone buzzing about AI. Well, guess what? You can achieve AI success through our transformative process of ideate, innovate, and industrialize. Well, get ready to revolutionize your business with FAIR, the foundry for AI by Rackspace. At FAIR, we're on a mission to accelerate the responsible and sustainable adoption of generative AI solutions across industries. In just three weeks, our ID8 workshop will empower you to harness the raw power of generative AI. Imagine skyrocketing productivity, driving efficiency, and delivering unforgettable customer experiences. This is your chance to take the first steps in exploring the untapped potential of generative AI for your organization. In this workshop, our team of experts will meticulously evaluate the intended and unintended consequences of integrating generative AI into your operations. We'll ensure your data quality and integrity are top-notch and will guide you in embedding your company's values, fairness, and governance into your generative AI solutions. Through a series of short sprints, we'll identify the most 
relevant and impactful generative AI solutions tailored specifically for your business. And by the end of the workshop, you'll have a crystal clear understanding of how generative AI can revolutionize your organization and how your business goals can be supercharged by AI. So what are you waiting for? Visit us at fair.rackspace.com to learn more and secure your spot in our generative AI ideation workshop. Fair, driving innovation, excellence, and unparalleled success in the thrilling world of generative AI. You know, one thing you mentioned that there's still opportunity in private cloud that as I think about, we talked about that, the scale of when everybody started going to public cloud and then they started to rethink, is that the right place to be? And you add in also the changes that occurred in technology that happened during the pandemic where, you know, most companies were throwing as much of their data at the cloud as possible just so that everybody would have easy access to it, not locked behind their, their four walls. And, and then we see some repatriation back into private cloud. And, and it makes you think, have people lost, have they lost uh, interest in public cloud? Have they lost interest in transformation? I think that what people have, have woken up to is the fact that what, what most manufacturing companies realized back around the turn of the 18th to the 19th century. And that is, just as those companies realized, I don't have to generate power anymore. I can trust the utility of the electricity and its speed and its availability uh, and its uh, consistency. Um, that people now are questioning what value is it in a shoe store, in a whatever the store might be, in running their own data center. There is no value in running their own data center. I, rack, I mean, I'm in this business and I rack my brain. If I were to start a business, what would I do? Well, I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't want to run a data center because it's not core to what you do. It is, couldn't be farther from it. I agree with you. And, you know, go back to, I think it was Gartner's coin core and context, right? You focus on what's core for you, and you know, give give the context to somebody else. I, mean, I don't the need rest. to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let somebody else handle that stuff. Um, so, you know, when we think about uh, the the mission that that you know, you're on here in turning the this part of the business around at Rackspace, and if we were to look two or three or four or five years in the future, and and all the pistons fire the way they're supposed to, what does this company look like? An amazing company. Yeah. I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, uh, we'll be growing double digit like any company in this space. Uh, our margin profiles are going to look very different. Uh, all these things will have a significant impact on, on stocks and so on and so forth. But more importantly, growth gives you opportunity to continue to invest in business. Yeah. You grow more, you invest more in the business, and it's it's just a, a flywheel effect right now, really right? So all we need is exactly yep. all we need is a flywheel effect, an escape velocity that ensures that we continue to grow, uh, and, and that's most important. I think you know I'd like uh, my daughters to say, you know, I want to come and join Rackspace. That's mm -hmm. the ultimate testament of a of success of your company, right? So uh, I remember when when my kids were really young. Uh, the older one had to make a, a, a card in the in class and she made a class. She drew her picture behind the scale and at the door it says Senior Vice President Cognizant. <laughs> I, I, I sent it to my CEO saying, there's a 10-year-old kid who now thinks she should be a Senior Vice President of Cognizant. That's, what, that's how I look at 
success, you know, that, uh, that people aspire to be a part of this amazing journey. I'll also tell you that if we can go through this, not if, there is no if, there is yeah, no plan. There, 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 there is no if, there is do. Yeah, yeah we, 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 will, we will get this done, right? And, you know, the, the macroeconomic situation may cause a bit of delay, but there is a clear path to this transformation. It'll be an, a great case study, starting from where Rackspace started to yep. all the journey it has gone through, different milestones. This probably be one of the biggest milestones and transformation story where you took a primarily a private cloud company, bit of infrastructure resale, to a true multi-cloud solutions-based company that is vertically aligned. That'll be an amazing case study. Well, you know, I'm, I'm signed up for it. I'm here doing the work. You're here doing the work. Um, but there still are detractors in, in the world. I mean, there, there have been analysts who, who question, you know, who Rackspace is today. You know, what, what, what are the detractors saying about, about the company today? I, I think the different, different category of uh, analysts, right? If you look, look at financial analysts, obviously they would like us to deliver a few quarters and, and uh, sure. we'll, we'll be good for sure. For the other uh, analysts, I would say it's just about execution. It's about, mm -hmm. you know, we have started to see green shoots. I've been talking to uh, analysts and, and they like what they hear. We just need to scale it, yeah. right? And that's why I say, it's, I think it's Srini's word. It says ruthless execution. Yeah. Sell more project, transformational projects, deliver them. And that's what is going to get the hearts and minds of your, all your analysts. So I think that none of these analysts believe we can't do it. They're just looking at they just want what to we do are it. doing at scale. Exactly. We just haven't more done it to completion it. yet. Absolutely. And if we can deliver results in the coming quarters and deliver to them the, the kind of transformation we are doing for our clients, they will know that we should be at the top right quadrant of any any report they publish. Of any, any of those. That's right. So let's think about. So we're, we're we we've got this macroeconomic thing that we're dealing with. Um, but what are what are some of the other things? You know, what about what about some of the issues of of how aggressive cybersecurity issues are these days? Is this something that that could be a threat to where we're going, or is it is it an opportunity in the ability to serve a customer, or is it both of those things? I would say it is a threat. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, uh, I'm one of the few that saw, uh, you know, a ransomware attack t twice in three years. <laughs> one at Cognizant and Land. But, you know, it's, uh, I think the key here is, uh, is I believe we have to do all the right things to make sure, you know, we avoid such situation. But it's a great opportunity for us to help our clients. Yeah. I will tell you, we've had so many discussions with our clients on the best practices and how we can help them navigate through this because it's not about uh, if, it's about when, it right? Really I mean, some of the biggest and the brightest security companies have had uh, security breaches. So I, I look at it as uh, an opportunity. I'll also tell you that this is an issue that brings your clients, your competitors, analysts, everybody together. Yeah. Right? You know, I reached out to our competitors to get some ideas. Our competitors reached out to us to find out more. Our clients want to learn more. Yeah. It's something that, you know, nobody has a perfect answer, right? So it's a, I believe it's a great opportunity for us uh, to, to help our clients with. Yeah. So as we get close to the, the end of our time here, I want to be respectful of, uh, of your schedule. 
Um, I have two, two last questions. And the first is, what do you want the world to know about Rackspace that, that maybe they don't know? What do, you, what do you want to leave them with? So I'll tell you, this was a surprise to me as well when I joined. When I, when I was an outsider, and this is a long and windy answer, That's but okay. I think I, I, I would rather give it a long way. When I looked at Rocks Rackspace from outside, I looked at it as a you know private cloud hosting company. Yeah, whatever. You know, yeah. who cares? When I joined, the first day I came to the castle, I looked at those six values that's at the back of the the big wall. Yeah, and then, and then I looked at that and I said, okay. Let's see how true it is, right? And I'll tell you, I was amazed to see the core value of this company. Mm. It's about customer, uh, you know, um, technology, investment in technology, teamwork, all that stuff. It's just amazing to see how true we are to the core values that we say, we, you know, yeah. that we have. So it's just, so I would let the world, uh, the way I'll describe Rackspace to the rest of the world is that it's an amazing multi-cloud company, extreme focus on customer technology and very, very flexible and willing to, you know, really work on auto possible. Yeah, and, and you talk about those. Many companies know about it. As an outsider, I didn't know this company was such an amazing company. So it was a very, very pleasant surprise for me, for sure. You know, you look at those, those, um, those core values, and it's not just the core value of the company, it's the core value of the employees. And so Absolutely. when I think about, as you translate that um, as the values of the individuals that make up the company, I like to say that it, it gives the company more heart than any company I've really worked for. Exactly. I agree. Strong mind and a big heart. So that, that's, a, that's a great combination. It really is. All right. So, um, so last question then. I asked you what, what you, you wanted to make sure that the world knew about Rackspace. What do you want? We get a lot of Rackers who listen to this. What do you want to say to, the, to Rackers about either your view of the company, the future? Is your chance just to give them a message? Yeah. And I'll, I've said this in, in you know, uh, small forums, or I'll say this here again. I believe I've had a reasonably okay career uh, so far. Yeah. And I told Amar that I'm not going to sign up for something that I'm not sure will be success. Mm. And I do believe that we have a very strong, uh, good, sound strategy. We have built and we continue to build a very good team. Having seen many of these transition in my 30-year-old career, I'll tell you the key here is execution and sense of urgency. It's going to be a very, very bright future, very rewarding for all of us. But I'll kid you not, it's going to be a lot of hard work, which we enjoy doing, right? So those are the key messages to the broader team. Just just stay tuned. Get to know the new rack space. We are changing. You need to understand where we are heading, what we are doing well. How can you upskill and cross-skill yourself? Yeah to add more value to the organization. So those are the things I believe with the, the broader audience here. It's just, I'm, I'm really excited, very excited. And as I tell everybody, there is no plan B. <laughs> There's no plan B. Well, one thing I say in a lot of these broadcasts or over on, um, on the live stream as well, we, we don't, we're not here to really sell uh, a product. We're here to, to represent the fact that we've got a lot of really smart, passionate people about the mission that we're on. And, um, and so if you're listening to this and you're excited about it as well, well, I'd encourage you to go to rackspace.jobs and see how you might be a part of this mission. 
<laughs> Absolutely. All right, DK, thank you so much for being a part of the program today. Uh, it really was a pleasure to get to talk to you. Likewise, and thanks for inviting me. I look forward to many more such sessions as we make progress and take company to the new height. Right, let's let's uh, set a pin in it for next year this time, and we'll talk about all the success. This has been Cloud Talk. You can find Cloud Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And be sure to check out more content from Rackspace Solve at solve.rackspace.com. so much for sticking around. First, let's talk about next week's episode. I have two guests. The first, Travis Runty, and the second, Josh Pruitt. Now, each are some incredible leaders here at Rackspace, but started, like myself, at some pretty lowly positions. So, the topic for this episode is all about how to get and grow a career in IT. I think you're going to find it really interesting to hear each of their stories and how they got from where they were to where they are. All right, now, second, let's talk audio and production tooling just a little. Recently, I've been on the go so much that a lot of my production capabilities have slowed down. Now, I've started an experiment. How much of what I do from my day-to-day on this production stuff can I do on one of the latest and greatest iPads? And it turns out, an awful lot can be done. For instance, while I recorded the audio for the interview on my studio setup at home, I completely produced this episode, all of the editing and sound design, in the new Logic Pro for iPad, which was literally just released in the last week. To add a little excitement to that, I did it from 37,000 feet on a Southwest flight coming back from Las Vegas where I was attending Dell Tech World. Now, my career started back in the 80s, I just admitted that, where I owned and operated a pretty amazing analog recording studio. Now, it was analog because that was absolutely all that there was back then. And if you could have told me then that I'd be able to do what I'm doing now, I absolutely would not believe it. Too cool. Now, I've also been doing a lot of the video editing that I've been working on on this iPad as well, using DaVinci Resolve. Now, we can get into more details on that another time, but suffice it to say, I've never been more productive from more locations than I've been in these past few weeks. And it's not just about the productivity. It's a whole lot of fun. It's nice to use this new tactile interface. It's in new locations. It just brings some, well, freshness to work that can sometimes start to feel a little bit mechanical. Perhaps I'll do a whole episode on the entire production workflow if you guys are interested. Just send an email to solve at rackspace.com. All right, that's going to do it for this week. I'll see what crazy location I can find to do audio production next week, and I'll tell you all about it. Until then, I'm Jeff Deverter, Chief Technology Evangelist for us here at Rackspace Technology, but I think more importantly, your host for Cloud Talk.